This episode is sponsored by Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management, experienced wealth planners and investment managers who offer unwavering support in challenging times. Visit CanDoWealth.com for more information. Hello and welcome to Coffee House Shots, the Spectator's daily politics podcast. I'm Cindy Yu and I'm joined by Katie Balls and James Forsyth. So it's Liz Truss's first full day as Prime Minister with a full government today and she has gone to Prime Minister's Questions equipped with this full cabinet. James, what have you made of her appearance at Prime Minister's Questions today? So I thought it was a sign of how Prime Minister's Questions has changed. I think both parties will actually be quite happy with it. With Boris Johnson and Keir Starmer, it was very personal. Boris Johnson very rarely answered the question. Keir Starmer's questions were often about Boris Johnson's character rather than, than anything else. While as today it was different. It was, you saw, but not it's not just clear blue water between the two parties, but the kind of ideological ocean between Starmer's Labour and Truss's Tories. Keir Starmer was saying, you won't do a windfall tax. And Liz Truss was kind of leaning into it. No, I won't do a windfall tax. She was ruling it out in such a way that some people are saying, oh, she's not giving herself any wiggle room here. I think we know that she doesn't want any wiggle room here. So I think Labour's instinct will be, well, we're quite happy with this because this puts Liz Truss on the wrong side of public opinion. You know, even a majority of Conservative voters in, in, in the pollings are supportive of a windfall tax on the energy companies. And there's obviously quite a strong pragmatic case for, for this because these energy companies are making massive profits, not because of any great innovation on their behalf, but because of what Putin's invasion of Ukraine has, has done to energy prices. But on the Tory side, Liz Truss was crisp, clear, she was relaxed. That, that royal jelly of office, that confidence she has got from, from winning this contest was, was, was very evident. And I think you can judge people in PMQs by how good they are, by how well they come back to the other mm. person's point. And Keir Starmer had this final answer, which I think we can hear now. But the reality is she's reheating George Osborne's failed corporation tax plan, protecting oil and gas profits and forcing working people to pay the bill. She's the fourth Tory Prime Minister in six years. The face at the top may change, but the story remains the same. To which there's trust shot back. Well, there's nothing new about a Labour leader who is calling for more tax rises. And, And that was the line that the Tory benches really lapped up. I think the question is, as this crisis continues... Who is actually placing them in the right place to come public opinion? And I think, I think that, you know, Liz Truss, the polls would not suggest that she is, but I think she thinks that she can win this argument, that she can demonstrate growth mm. and paint Labour as just people who want to raise your taxes. I think Keir Starmer thinks that they can paint her as kind of ideologically out on the limb. Somebody doesn't want to tax the energy companies. Somebody doesn't want to deal with the water companies that are pumping sewage into rivers and beaches. And I think you saw from Labour's questions from the backbenches, but they think this Liz Truss line, which the more you hear it, I find, the, the less spectacular I find it is, but basically suggests that the that, 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 that British workers aren't grafting enough. They obviously think that is very damaging for her in that that was the first question put to her by a Labour backbencher. Now, Katie, we've just had a couple of years of Boris Johnson's bluster at Prime Minister's Questions. Liz Truss has acknowledged herself that she's she can come across a bit wooden, but is that actually a strength of hers in an interaction like Prime Minister's Questions? So it's been interesting to look at some of the snap reaction to the Prime Minister's questions, because I think there's been a few pundits saying it was, you know, boring versus boring. And now that Boris Johnson is gone, actually, it's, it's a lot more flat, it's more wooden. But perhaps that is what, you know, people want right now. I have to say, just 
watching it, I think, as James touched on, it just felt a lot less ferocious and just kind mm. of angry than it has, I think, well, Boris Johnson and Keir Starmer have been there. And therefore, it did feel refreshing to a degree. And it felt as though there was an actual discussion of ideas going on as opposed to people just shouting at one another. I think for Liz Truss, I think she did do fairly well today in the basis. And this does slightly go back to the fact that I do think she is probably the Prime Minister who has the lowest expectations of some in some time. Mm. And therefore, because people also think that one of her weaknesses is media, almost public presentation, you have a situation where you think back to the debates and the leadership contest when people were writing Liz Truss off, just performing decently or giving an like a average performance, I think is suddenly seen as, oh, actually, she, re- she really like knocked it out of the park. I think in a sense, she did because she had a few jokes that landed. So we heard one of them on tax. And, and I thought the tax line was interesting in the sense that, yes, Boris Johnson could have said it. Yes, Rishi Sunak could have said it. Mm. I think it packs a lot less punch when they have said it because of the national insurance hike. Because Liz Truss has been so clear that she wants to be low tax, that she is going to reverse these various measures from cancelling the corporation tax hike to reversing NI, it felt as though it had a lot more conviction and perhaps we are returning to a clearer dividing line. Now, that said, I completely appreciate the tax burden is still at the highest in 70 years and mm. Liz Truss has been a continuous serving minister under free Tory prime ministers. That was obviously part of the reason we got there. But I think because whether or not you think her tax cuts are a great idea or an awful idea that's going to send the economy into a spin, you cannot really quibble with the fact that she has decided to go in this new direction. The second line I thought was interesting, probably quite revealing in terms of how she wants to to attack Labour or Keir Starmer was she doesn't understand why it's so hard for Labour to find a female leader or indeed a leader who doesn't come from North London and I think it does show you a bit of almost how she might pitch herself against Keir Starmer as this you know metropolitan mm. Labour party that doesn't really understand the red wall in the way that she thinks the Tories do now and I thought that was a hint of that so I, I think in that sense I, I think certainly her team will be happy of her performance today because it just I think had she stumbled or had one of her weaker performances, mm. it would just put a bit more doubt in the minds of people who are already not completely convinced. Whereas speaking to a couple of MPs after, those who are not 100% on the trust train are still not on it. But certainly I think they are a bit like, things are going a bit better than we expected, though it's still very early days. Mm. James, how do you rate Liz Truss's first full day as a Prime Minister so far? We're recording in the early afternoon. Her Health Secretary and Deputy Prime Minister has given a broadcast round this morning. Kwasi Kwarteng, the Chancellor, is working very hard in the background to deliver an energy package tomorrow. Has it been going relatively smoothly? I don't think Liz Truss's Premiership is going to be dull or that she is going to die wondering. She is taking some big gambles from early on. One gamble is that she will be better served by a cabinet composed quite tightly of those people who backed her in the leadership contest. She has sent to the two most politically sensitive briefs, the Treasury and the Department of Health, you know, her two closest allies in politics, Kwasi Kwarteng and Therese Coffey. I think that among the full cabinet, there is nobody who backed Rishi Sunak. The nearest to it is Michael Ellis, the Attorney General attending cabinet. Yes, people, um, her team were keen to point out last night that there are five other leadership contests contenders in the cabinet but as a general rule they've been put in roles that are not totally front and centre the obvious exception to that is Suella Braverman who Mm. is Home Secretary but I think the general view is that is something that was essentially agreed when Suella Braverman endorsed her but I mean PMQs today show that you can't underestimate her as a politician you don't become Prime Minister without a level of political skills and also showed that she's going to embrace ideological combat 
in some respects, for example, opposing a windfall tax, while she is also going to be pragmatic in other respects. You know, this energy price freeze is expected to be announced tomorrow, you know, but it's going to involve a cabinet minister directly setting the price of energy in the economy. It is the least free market idea that you could think of, but she is going to do it, and it's going to cost a lot of money, and she's prepared to borrow to do it. And I mean, the hope is that that gives her premiership time. It means the premiership isn't going to be overwhelmed by this and I think what we see is I think and I think this has been a general I wonder what Casey thinks about this I think there's been a general theme of Liz Truss's political career actually since the 2017 election when she was demoted from Lord Chancellor she's actually to the Treasury that, that she is prepared to take risks and gamble and do lots of things that other people wouldn't have done mm. or would have thought was too risky you know think back to 2019 when she is the first cabinet minister to back Boris Johnson and obviously did well out of that Think through her willingness to be one of only three cabinet ministers who opposed the national insurance increase in cabinet. There were lots more people who had reservations. Other people chose not to air them publicly. And I think what we are going to see is that she is prepared to take risks and gamble. And that means that this is not going to be a dull premiership by any long stretch. Yeah, I think if you speak to people close to Liz Truss, probably the moment where she had a gear change in her career was actually when she was... You could say to most, or at least was, was sideways mo- move. It's a horizontal move. Yeah, exactly. A horizontal move from the Ministry of Justice to Chief Secretary to the Treasury. And those around said she was quite deflated by that. I think she felt that some of the problems she experienced at Justice, which was a very unhappy time, mm. were out of her control, that she'd almost done what number 10 had wanted her to do and yet she found herself in a situation where there was talk that she could have got sacked completely and when Theresa May had the results she had in the snap election she didn't really have the authority to sack anyone so instead she just got shuffled to chief sack of the treasury and I think from then on in she has taken a few more risks now one of the most obvious things was just the fact that she got very into Instagram at that point, which drove lots of her colleagues completely mad because they thought, what is this person doing this when they should be doing serious work? But I think it was an example of how she started to find her own brand and also mm-hmm. talk more about her own ideology and views. And therefore, I think that she is the longest serving cabinet minister when you think about obviously now prime minister and she's served in lots of departments so I think she has a pretty strong idea of what she wants to do she's served under three prime ministers it's not as though she's coming in as a newbie who thinks how do how do I want things to work I think you can even look something I write about in the magazine this week at the way that they're already shaking up number 10 Mm. so reducing the size of the number 10 policy unit moving the delivery unit out of number 10 and bringing an economic unit to the to the centre and I think it just reflects the fact that she has had time to think about all these things and she's seen lots of it works now it doesn't mean it's going to be work exactly as she wants in terms of these changes but I think she does know what she wants to do and John McTurnan the former Blair advisor had an interesting piece in the Financial Times at the weekend which is just how do you make number 10 work for you lots of prime ministers mm. tried and failed or you know, had some successes but many failures and he said the biggest problem is if you get there and you don't know what you actually want to do because if you don't know when you arrive you're never going to get anything done whereas I think she at least does know Katie and James, thanks very much. And thank you to those of you who have answered our coffee plea. We're still waiting for it in the post. But in the meantime, if anyone else does want to send us coffee, please keep doing that. Thanks for listening. And uh, and also another way you could probably help us get coffee is maybe to buy a subscription to the magazine. That's true. There's direct help and there's indirect help. (laughs) 
<laughs> yep, 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 that's true, Katie. There is a new introductory offer for those of you who listen to the podcast so you can subscribe to the magazine. So if you subscribe today at spectator.co.uk forward slash flash sale, you can get the next 10 weeks of The Spectator for just £1. 10 weeks for just £1. Apparently there's no commitment, you can cancel any time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>